this week. It is Justin and Lauren McCain. McCain's, y'all can come on up. A little bit about the McCain's as they come up. Uh, Lauren is from Texas. Justin is from Louisiana. Uh, next month they will have been married six years. Is that right? Two daughters, Piper and Finley, two young daughters. Uh, Lauren has a background in counseling. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Justin was ordained in the Southern Baptist Convention and is the newest uh, person on the ministry staff here as pastor of athletics. We're going to talk more about that. So let's start with how y'all came to know the Lord, and Lauren, we'll start with you. Tell us about how you came to know the Lord. Okay, so, excuse me. My, both of my parents are believers. I was really fortunate to grow up in the church, and I, I know that they are saved, and I'm so thankful for that. So I grew up in the church. I went to church on Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night. I did Awana. All you Baptist people out there. <laughs> Who know else did Awana? What is Awana? It's Bible study. Like, you look, memorize scripture. And okay. It's, it's great. Well, only two people know what one is. I know what it is. Okay. Yeah. okay. We were too, too R is and G is. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good. I was on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the Lord was even at a young age drawing me to himself. And I remember one night I um, just, I prayed a prayer with my dad. And so I thought, okay, I'm saved. And there wasn't really a lot of... Um, I guess, discussion or teaching on what it looks like to be saved. How do you know if you're truly regenerate, you know, besides, okay, you pray the prayer, you're good. So um, life goes on. Everything kind of rolls along um, really until I get into high school. And high school is really a pivotal point for me because I just, um, I was just unhappy. I don't really know how else to explain it, but I just became really dissatisfied with um, my life and so I thought okay if I look a certain way or if I'm popular um, then I'm going to be happy and so I really believed that lie and that became um, obsessions for me so what I look like became an obsession and it led to me like having really unhealthy eating habits and exercising excessively and I was very insecure also and so um I just got into a really um, a lot of really bad relationships because I just wanted someone to love me and um, affirm me. So, but I was still going to church, and my relationship with the Lord was like a roller coaster. So, um, we would go to youth camp, and I'd be like, "Okay, God, I, I love you. I want to serve you." And then a week later, I would be out drinking with my friends, and that's how my life was. It was just up and down. Um, that's kind of described my Christian walk. So I go to college. Um, I went to LSU. I know, after last night. Um, still proud. Anyway, so I went to LSU, and I was in the band there, which was awesome. But there is always a party. Can we agree that LSU has the best band, just in terms of – I mean, I'm pretty sure. I think – they have the most fun band. Like, even when we played them in the SEC Championship many moons ago when we were last good, more than 10 years ago, it seems like. But uh, I was just all, anyway, I like the band. Okay, thank you. No one else agrees. <laughs> so, um, my, you know, my parents were really strict, and so my freshman year I was like, okay, I'm free. I can do whatever I want to. So, like I said, there's always a party in the band. Um, so, basically, my freshman year was spent... Um, I would drink like three nights a week and get drunk and 
I just made horrible decisions and um, I was still in really unhealthy relationships and um, the Lord just made that bitter for me at the, towards the end of that year. Like I hated, I hated what I had become and I hated my sin <clears throat> and I just, I became really depressed because I just felt hopeless and I, I just like, what am I doing with my life? So fast forward, I go home to Texas for the summer and um, one night in my room, I just remember like being really broken and I was laying on my floor just crying and um, I just told the Lord like, okay, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. Like I, I desperately need you. And um, I don't know, it's like I could no longer resist God. Like I was, I had been running and resisting even though I knew the truth. And at that moment, like I could no longer resist him. And that's when I believe the Lord saved me. And my life totally changed after that. He gave me a new heart. And, like, I I wanted to be different. I wanted to serve him. I wanted to glorify him instead of be about um, my reputation and that thing, um, stuff like that. But it was really hard because I had to go back into the band and I had a horrible reputation and had to show people that I was different. And, And I did, and the Lord was gracious in that. So... Um, truly God I mean not only saved me spiritually but just saved me in every way possible and without him I would probably I don't even like to think about where I would be had I, I like had the Lord not saved me today Man, I love that the way you described that uh, the point I can no longer resist God yeah. and uh, you know that's really I mean talk about the hound of heaven and he's after his people and we run from him but he's faster than us and he tracks us down and uh, we do reach a point where we can no longer resist God and His grace, and that's just a great way to think about that. Um, Justin, how about you? How'd you come into the world? I uh, grew up in a little town called Dry Prong, Louisiana. That's an actual town. What's it called? <laughs> Dry Prong. How many people? Thirteen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not very many. All McCain. Yeah. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a grew up in a small town. Uh, my parents are both believers. My dad actually got saved as a deacon in the church in Southern Baptist Church at, when he was forty three years old. Uh, heard the gospel, couldn't kind of same thing, couldn't resist. I don't know if he realizes that, but just realized that his uh, his life didn't match a gospel Bible testimony, and and so he got saved. <clears throat> um, I grew up in church. Uh, my mom faithful a faithful prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm no doubt I'm saved today because my prayers of my mom uh, and uh, so uh, grew up at New Prospect Baptist Church in uh, Dry Prong, Louisiana uh, there every Sunday every time the door was open uh, made uh, a couple kind of what Warren said a couple, well, actually more than a couple several <laughs> decisions for Christ uh, over time and uh, went to these things called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Anybody ever heard of that? These like scare you into heaven things where like you walk, you, yeah, you walk, you walk through hell, and what kids not going to get saved after walking through that? And so, uh, and so like course, chainsaws and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> and so you know, I mean, I started in my people. It's a yeah, judgment house in my city. But I mean, you know, I joke about it, but it was really a lot of manipulation. Um, Nothing but a manipulation to be asking now, because my affection wasn't for Christ; it was for staying away from hell. Like it was more of a. Like, don't get me wrong; I think God, the gospel, had implanted in my heart, and and and. Uh, but at that time, it was more about 
man, I, I've got to do something. I, I mean, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to spend eternity. You know, it wasn't even eternity separated from God. It was just eternity in hell. Like, you know, that, that idea. And so, uh, just as a kid, I, kind of opposite from Lauren, I grew up kind of with a really self-righteous view of, of myself and my own, uh, uh, my own role, I guess you would say, in, the, in my gospel story. Uh, <clears throat> I was telling this uh, story. I, I heard, heard Dr. Young's testimony, and, and it reminded me of something that I did as a kid. So when I was probably eight or nine years old, I remember this. I remember I would wake up conscious of the fact that sin would be chasing after me that day. Like, oh, I knew that. And I would wake up thinking, I'm not sinning today. I, I, I'm going to count the number of times that I sin today. And I would lay in bed that night and recall the times that I sinned that day. Like three or four times, man, I'm good. You know, like, you know, just, I just had this, this jacked up view of sin and my own self-righteousness. And that would play out uh, <clears throat> in, my, in my childhood and my teenage years and even into college uh, because I was really one of those guys who, uh, I guess, I really made a lot of, I made good decisions. I didn't, I, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do drugs. I would be around it, and I would be glad to bring my friends home and make sure they didn't kill themselves or kill somebody else. Like, I was that guy, and I kind of reveled in that. I liked having that reputation, uh, that reputation of, man, hey, Justin, good Christian guy. Man, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do drugs, he's going to take care of us. I kind of liked that, I liked that feeling. I didn't admit that, but I, you know, I laid about it laid in bed at night kind of liking that that having that reputation and uh, and it's as damnable as what Lauren described I mean, like it was just a damnable view of the gospel like I, I you know I, I, I counted my sins I mean how messed up is that <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, just kind of growing up through that um, I think the, I think the Lord was still faithful in the fact that um, I uh, I, I continued to grow. I mean, when I got saved, for example, when I thought I got saved when I was eight, eight years old, kind of there was no discipleship process. It was more like a pat on the back saying, hey, man, you know, great job, Justin. Hey, let's get you, let's dunk you. And uh, here, don't screw it up. You know, like that was the, that was kind of the idea of discipleship in it. And so I never really had anybody come alongside me. I just kind of had to kind of learn on my own. But even at a young age, I loved uh, the idea of preaching and, and sharing the gospel, even though I wasn't saved at the time. So, going up through high school, kind of with a self-righteous guy, even you know, good moral guy. I was a sweetheart king, you know. I, I got people loved me in high school, and I loved that man. I, I dug it. And so, when I got to college, I went to LSU, um, and I was nobody. <laughs> and I, I, mean, I was nobody. Nobody knew me. Nobody gave a rip who I was. Um, I, I went through a really hard, you know, kind of what Lauren said. It's just, it's, life hit, reality hit, that, man, I'm nobody. I think God used that. Like, I was going to go to a, a small Baptist college 15 minutes from my, home, my house. At the last minute, changed my mind, went to this gigantic university, and I think God was all over that because he needed to show me that I was nobody. Like, I really believe God did, did that. And so uh, my freshman year, I was just really... <laughs> Just uh, stayed in my room a lot. I didn't really. I was a social guy in high school, in college. I was nobody realized that, and so I just kind of stayed in my room, and uh, just really depressed and hung out with just idiots, honestly. And um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was just a tough year. And and thankfully, uh, I had a guy uh, who uh, invited me to come to the BCM ministry on campus, Baptist Collegiate Ministry on campus, and uh, I got hooked up with a really good Bible study. It was. Uh, 
basically uh, just going through Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. <clears throat> and uh, through that Bible study, I realized that I was lost, that I did not know God, and I had never repented of my sin. Uh, I had a, a, a damnable view of sin and, and God and the holiness of God. Uh, I brought, thought I brought something to the table in salvation. And when Ephesians 2, Rock and World said I was dead in my trespasses, I went, I never believed that. I never knew that. No, you never ever told me that. And, um, and I, I really believe I got, I got saved my freshman year, at, at the end of my freshman year, beginning of sophomore year, through, uh, th- through this Bible study. where I really, And so uh, after that, um, I'll get into that in just a minute. But, uh, well, yeah, let me touch on a couple yeah. things there. I mean, one, <laughs> what God does in our conversion and maturity is he expands our view of sins, one of the things he does, right. and then he expands our view of Christ. But, I mean, I think that's, you know, I've used the illustration before. If it's going like that, we're learning more and more about <laughs> God's holiness, we're learning more and more about our sin and the gap in between, and then the cross gets bigger all the time, we're more learning more and more about Christ and the, the gap that He filled in our place, because we can never bridge that in, in ourselves. But I love what you said too about the first time you really repented of your sin, you know, the gospel call is repent and believe. I mean, it's, and I think that a lot, repentance from sin is different than admitting sin, and I think you probably would have always admitted you were a sinner, Absolutely. but you're like, what that meant to you was, Absolutely. but I mean, I did three today, and we're fine there, right? Yeah. And, uh, I would actually hang that over my brother's head. Because my, dad, my brother was the big sinner in our family. <laughs> so, not, yeah. I, I would hang that over his head, <laughs> secretly. So. How many you got, buddy? But, I, you know, that's really, God shows us our sin to break us and lead us in repentance. And, yeah. um, that's good. We'll get back to your kind of early growth and maturity, but tell us a little bit about your early Christian maturity. All right. So um, I only knew one person who was a Christian when I was unsaved, and she's actually a missionary in China right now, which is so awesome, and given her life for the gospel there. Um, But she was connected with a campus ministry called Chi Alpha, which is the Assemblies of God. Um, campus ministry and so that was like okay I have Christians to hang out with because I didn't even I didn't even probably know anyone that was a Christian Um, so through that kind of interesting journey I started going to a church and um, they were very focused on serving like the word was kind of it wasn't the emphasis was like on doing and not really teaching good theology and so but I knew like I just had this passion for the Lord, so I wanted to serve, and, I, and so I did. But the farther that I got into it, um, the church is actually really charismatic, and so that became kind of my worldview of God. And it really distorted it because I became almost afraid of God. So I reacted to God like a non-believer would, like afraid of His wrath, and just I was I was like afraid to go to church. Am I going to see like demons come out of somebody or? Is someone going to come over and, like, touch me and tell me all of my deepest and darkest secrets? And because that was elevated, like, prof, you know, prophetic and um, just all that kind of stuff. And so, actually, even though I knew I was saved, it was like, okay, you know, you know the gospel. Let's move on to deeper things. But, you know, we know there's nothing deeper that we can go to right. but the gospel. So, um it's really, it just became a lot about works. And so, okay, if you have a problem, well, you just need to pray harder. Or you just need to break generational curses or do this and that. And so if you do all those things and then you still have that problem, 
you think, oh my goodness, what's wrong with my faith? And they're like, well, you just need to have more faith. And so really that's what my relationship with God was like, was just, it was works. Because mm-hmm. it was all about my faith, and obviously my faith wasn't good enough. And so, how did that start to change? So, that led me through eight months of like just intense anxiety. Like I don't know how to explain it. I, like I literally just like I said, I felt like the wrath of God was upon me, and just didn't have any knowledge about you know Romans about peace with God and you know no condemnation. And um, some things happened in the church, and I, I was just like, okay, this is not. Um, this is just not where I need to be. And that's actually when I met just when I, we reconnected. And the Lord just really used him to teach me the word. And um, we came, connected with a church plant in Baton Rouge called La Croix, which means the cross in French. I think that's cool. Um, where they just taught the word. And um, grace is just so beautiful to me. And when I understood grace, it was like the floodgate of my soul opened. That's how I explain it. Because I understood that... God saved me. <laughs> Even my faith was a gift from God. God saved me. Um, God will keep me. God will save me. Like, and He will keep me. And I, you know, can't be lost from Him. And that was just life changing mm-hmm. to me to to learn about grace. And so, I'm passionate about um, good theology because mm-hmm. bad theology hurts people. And I'm, you know, that happened in my life. That's very good. So, how about you? Well, uh, <clears throat> as I went through after getting saved, and, and uh, I, I was heavily involved in campus ministry, and the Lord just really was kind of uh, kind of heading me towards this, towards a ministry, ministry call. I was planning on uh, doing physical therapy. I had worked in PT clinics for for three straight summers, and and did all that. And um, and I just uh, I remember hearing David Platt preach uh, at Glorietta. Actually, no, I was landed down. Um, David Platt was there. <clears throat> Preached a, uh, a sermon out of uh, Romans chapter uh, eight on the holiness of God, <clears throat> and uh, and I just realized that God had been preparing me. Even these all my experiences with being self righteous of the gospel had been prepare, preparing me for for ministry. And so I, I pulled my friend Andy aside and said, "Hey man, I feel like the Lord's calling me to preach and, and be in ministry." And so. Um, so I graduated from Louisiana, uh, from LSU, and uh, moved to uh, San Diego, California. Um, I wasn't ready to start seminary. I just uh, wanted to be sure my call was uh, what the Lord was doing, and, and so I moved to San, uh, San Diego, and uh, it was a part of international ministry there at the California State University of San Marcos, um, and that's where I, for the first time, uh, read uh, "Let the Nations Be Glad." John Piper, <clears throat> and uh, God just uh, just kind of the way Lauren described it, opened up the, just the river of the nation, you know, this this flow of the nations from a heart, and just the, God's heart is for the nations, and I actually got to meet Jeff Lewis out there who wrote the book, God, God's Heart for the Nations, and so God just did something in me uh, out there. Our, our whole ministry was uh, nothing to, but uh, to, to Asians, so Bangladesh, China, Japan, and so God just did this just uh, did some pretty cool things to tell some students to get saved who had never heard the gospel. Literally, we share the gospel with them. They'd go, what's Romans? What's John? Who's John? Who's Jesus? Like, those kind of conversations. And so, for the first time, God showed me, Justin, you're nobody. I'm, I know everybody. Like, I know, and there are people who don't know, don't know me. And so, God used that experience out there in an incredible way. I moved back. <clears throat> I was out there 10 months. 
I moved back and started seminary in New Orleans. Um, I, I had my first class with David Platt um, and spiritual formation. And that night, Hurricane Katrina hit, and the whole city was evacuated. And so, um, so I, I was uh, I moved. I was in Baton Rouge on staff at a church there, uh, at Stroma Baptist as a college minister. And uh, and Lord is still doing uh, doing some amazing things. But through through that all, through all those experiences, God just gave me a heart for the nations and the uh, heart to preach that way. To mm-hmm. preach a big grand, you know, grandiose just gospel that God is. You said that the hound of heaven is chasing uh, people <coughs> from tribes, tongues, and nations to come to to uh, be part of the marriage. About that, yeah. can you tell us? You went to India at some point. Can you tell us that story about those guys? Oh yeah, you're on their land. And- okay, so I, I I turned when I turned 30, I was in India. Uh, we were doing uh, some backpacking in northern India, sharing the gospel. People never heard it. And, uh, I mean, literally, you never heard. Like, every, we shared the gospel with around 1,300 people. Not one of them knew the name of Jesus. Like, just no clue. Well, <laughs> kind of a funny story. I, um, we were, so we were backpacking, and so basically we would just set up shop uh, <clears throat> where, we, uh, where we ended up every night. And so we'd usually be invited into a home, and, you know, people would feed us and that type of thing. Well, one night out of the 13 nights, we didn't get invited in, or I, don't, I think we were actually not close to a village. We kind of got caught, so um, so we just plopped down on a piece of land somewhere and uh, went to sleep. So uh, we went to sleep about ten o'clock, and about one in the morning, because I looked down on the phone, we heard these these guys just um, run up to our tents and uh, and start just and from what our interpreter said, cursing us, and like and it was pretty obvious that they were inebriated. They were they were pretty drunk. And they, uh, they came up to our tents, and they were talking all kind of trash. It was like me, uh, two other guys who were pr- all pretty big guys, 2'6", two, 6'3", six, two, six, you know, big guys. And so we're all sleeping. Our, guy, our uh, interpreter gets out of the tent to go find out what's going on. Well, come to find out, we had, we had put down on their land, and they were not happy about it. And they were threatening us, saying, you must pay me or we're going to fight. Like, they wanted to fight us. <clears throat> you know, that liquid courage was, you know, was in And so finally... Uh, we could tell that the conversation was elevating, and so Luke, uh, James, and I all got out of our tent, and so you know we kind of stood up, and then we all stood up, and these guys literally came up to me about right here, all right, just little bitty dudes, and they saw us, and our eyes got big, and went, y'all can stay. <laughs> like, they, 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 so they, 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 they make cookie breakfast they, the next morning. The next morning, like they, so they got real friendly after that, shook our hands, wanted to know what we were doing there. You know, that type of thing. So apparently, anyway, so the next morning they invited us to breakfast and all this kind of stuff. So it was really funny, a, pretty, a funny turn of events where they, were, they, were, they wanted to beat us up. And then as soon as we stepped out of the tent, they were like, breakfast? But it was a really cool trip. That God used that trip as well. Just to, uh, And my friend Luke goes back and forth to India four, four or five times a year um, and, and does uh, a lot of what, what, what Will does. It's just theological training. With pastors who, man, they have a desire to reach their people, and um, and, and that's that's basically what we did. So we uh, backpacked and shared the gospel, and also did some theological training with pastors. Now, Lauren, you're a licensed counselor. Why don't you tell us about uh, how that came about? So um, after I got saved, I just had a lot of emotional baggage. I mean, just throughout my life, and you know, just um, repercussions of the sin that I had done, and just. Um, 
I just had a lot to, to deal with and so I went to counseling and it was just, it was awesome and um, the Lord just really used that to show me that's, that's what he wanted me to do. Before I had always planned on being a doctor, I used to help my dad, my dad's a dentist and so I would help him and I thought medical but after I was saved, um, I knew the Lord was calling me to be a counselor and um, I just remember what it's like to be broken and, and desperate and hurting. And so the Lord has just given me um, compassion for those that are in that same, that are in that, you know, place. So um, I went to, I have a master's degree from LSU, and I had just gotten my license as a counselor in Louisiana. So. Before y'all moved? Yes, before we moved. I have to do more school here to be licensed in Tennessee. But then you said, Go like, <laughs> with theological formation and things like that, you picked up some of these guys, uh, Paul David Tripp, David Pallison. Yes, right. If you've ever heard of CCEF, it's a Christian Counselor Educational <laughs> Foundation, something yes, like that. Yes. Anyway, so those are some of your heroes now. So talk yeah. about the blend of kind of your secular training and biblical counseling and yeah, how all that Yeah, absolutely. I'm so thankful that I have a secular degree because I got the training and the skills and I can go anywhere and say, okay, this is, you know, I have a degree from LSU, but when the Lord started really changing my theology, I just started understanding the importance of biblical counseling, and I'm a huge advocate of that. And um, Why so is that? Secular psychology deals with, you know, changing your thoughts or changing your behavior or, okay, this is your family pattern and this is why you have issues and why those may be helpful. It doesn't ever deal with your heart and that's our problem because we're all sinful and we're, I mean, our hearts are wicked and that is our greatest need is to be redeemed and set free from sin. Mm -hmm. And so biblical counseling really deals with like the sin behind the sin. So, you know, what is going on in your heart? Why are you anxious? Why are you angry? What are you worshiping other than Christ that's um, causing you to have issues? And so that really, it just, I mean, the answer is Christ and the gospel. So that's what I'm really passionate about. I love that. I also think it is a mature thing to be able to look back on your secular training and say, you know what, there's a lot of good there. Um, but how God has maybe filled that in and deepened that. Um, I think that's a great combination because you do have the skills that you learned there. And like you said, open doors into anywhere because I have the education and the training. Uh, but, you know, it's like um, God has now given you a biblical framework to wield those skills most effectively. Uh, I remember a few months ago I taught a lesson titled Counseling in the Church, which I think you could still find on the app. And... Um, you know, I made the case that the first place you should turn with your problems is to the church. And I think a lot of times, a lot of what we really need is just some pastoral care. And maybe not long term, just kind of a checkup. It's like we go to the doctor. A lot of times we just need a checkup. Um, you know, sometimes, and I'm not saying there's not need for outside counseling. I'm not opposed to that. I think there are. I think in the main, what I see is there are just issues of pastoral care and that sort of thing. But now, you know, and Lauren, uh, while she's not practicing here, uh, has a heart to serve our congregation in this way. And so I'm just glad to be able to point you to someone uh, who is much more skilled and trained than I and, you know, has an understanding of how to. Particularly, one of the questions that came up for the women, well, where would we go? 
I still say you should talk to your pastors. You know, we pastor men and women. But uh, for maybe some deeper, more complex, longer-term issues or whatever it is, I mean, here's a sister in Christ that has those skills and the heart to serve our group and, and the wider congregation in that way. So I just wanted to bring that up. But um, Justin, you told me that you y'all share a heart for missions and you've been around the globe and done some things like that. Uh, you, you said you got married and you were seriously interested in moving to China, uh, but God had other plans. And anyway, now you're here, the pastor of athletics at Grace of Anne. And so I was just wondering, is there any connection between... Um, your heart for missions and and being the pastor of athletics here. Yeah, um, it's been. Uh, I'll kind of talk a little bit about how we got here. Uh, I was working at Louisiana College as an international student director. Uh, basically, I was uh, the PDSO for the college. Basically, just answer to the government, make sure. And but we also had uh, about 80 students uh, that I got to just minister to in a different way. So that was pretty cool. But God, uh, through God's providence, um, my job changed a little bit, so I kind of started looking for something else. And this job, uh, this opportunity popped up, and I had great conversations with Kevin Weeders. And, and just the more I heard about grace and the heart for uh, just uh, just the, the the people of Shelby County and just the, the unity of the staff and that type of thing, I just were so drawn to the, the congregation. So thank you. I just want to say thank you for... For that, I mean, we, we we love that and talk about it all the time in our house, and how grateful we what are. What that is a unity in a in a staff session congregation, yeah. Because y'all came from a place of yeah disunity. We came from a place of disunity and infighting and just stupid childish junk. Politics. And uh, and so yeah. when we were going through this, honestly, I'll just be honest with you, I didn't think it was going to work out. I mean, well, I'm not going to move my family to Memphis. Like, what am I? What am I going to do there? Um, <clears throat> so I really didn't think it was going to work out. But the more conversation that we had with with Dr. Young and uh, other guys, just we were so drawn to the unity around the centrality of Christ and the gospel and reaching people with that message that we were like, where do we sign? Like, you know, we were just so encouraged by that. And so just want to tell you that and thank you for that. And I, I hope we continue that. I mean, uh, I know that the enemy wants to distract us with other things, but I hope that our church can continue on that track. So anyway, um, so we're here, uh, and uh, I just had a, had lunch um, Thursday with the Guatemalan uh, Chamale. What's the first name? Yeah, Cristobal. Cristobal, and uh, <laughs> just talking about uh, just how we can partner together. As well, um, and he had great ideas about uh, how we can reach. But I was just talking with Trip Howell. Uh, and, and can I stop you just for a second? Crystal Ball has done with uh, Camps Crusade, their athletic wing. He's been at the Olympics for, He was you know, the chaplain for the Olympics. Yeah, so he has a long history of uh, ministry in the athletes context in, of athletics. Athletes in mission? No. Athletes in action. In action. Yeah, yeah. In, in action. Anyway. We had a good conversation and just talking about how we can partner together as a ministry here and with him and and so that was that was really. I mean, I just stirred my heart. I mean, you just hear my you know, hear my story about missions, and, um, and even talking with Trip Powell about Sukasa in the first service. How we we'd really like to to figure out a way as a, as an athletics ministry to get into the Hispanic community here in the area. And so one way we're, we're praying that we can open up doors for soccer and, and get the message of the gospel in there. So uh, so just tying in things like that. Uh, 
uh, have, have really been encouraging to me. And just hearing, uh, you know, Chris's heart for the nations and guys like Will, um, it, it just it excites me to see people who are mobilizing and just going and trusting God and knowing that God is at work in 10,000 ways or all around us every day. And we are not only aware of a few of them. Right? We just know that. So we just be faithful to the gospel call and proclaiming the, the gospel clearly. And, and so, yeah, I mean, as far as... Um, the, the ministry, though, I mean, I think there would be tons of ways. I mean, even now, I mean, we had a kid recently who, uh, who was involved in ministry from the urban area, from Southside, who's uh, the son of one of the coaches, and, and the Lord been working on him all season. We've been sharing the gospel in our devotionals and things like that, and he got saved back in September. I just found out a couple last week. So uh, God had just had drawn him to, to, to repent and believe the gospel. So, I mean, you know, we've had, we have guys down and we're partnered with down in the urban areas like Southside and, and Binghampton and things like that where, where man, God's doing something. So, exciting to be part of... Uh, yeah, I loved a couple like things you said. One, you said, I'm just trying to figure out where God's working yeah. and, and go there. Yeah. And then you said that some of the biggest open doors are in the urban community yeah, and African American community, maybe the Hispanic community, but mm-hmm. uh, is there a way that our group can assist in some of that. Uh, are you thinking about that? Or yeah, um, we are in the process of getting. Or we're about to start basketball season. Um, but for next, especially for next football season, which is next fall, I'd love to talk. We're going to create an MIT for athletics. And kind of my idea is, I want to unleash the membership of Grace to come. I and mean, we have hundreds of people on our campus in the evenings every week. And I, I know we're all busy, but I mean they're on our campus, and I want. I'm trusting the Lord is raising up uh, people from within our congregation who want to be a part of that. So kind of what I want to do is get a rotation of members who will be out there, who will be, all right, so we want to be, some, uh, we're not, we're ministry first, uh, league second, right? So we want to do something that sets us apart. And so I think how amazing would it be for people to come to our campus and to be greeted by somebody who's a member of Gracie Van. Hey, we're here for you. Um, how can we, we're going to set up, maybe do a prayer station where, man, how can we pray for you today? I mean, how many athletic leagues Y'all know that do do things like that. So we want to do something that sets us apart. Um, so I'm gonna, I want if you're interested in something like that, I want to do it on a rotation basis, where not everybody not everybody's overwhelmed. But I want people who come to our campus and know we're serious about the gospel, the proclamation of the gospel, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna show them the love of Christ by just doing simple things like greeting them, welcome to Gracie Van, thanks for being a part of Cross Street. Um, and you so, mentioned trying to get rides for some yeah, of the urban teams. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. We, uh, I, one of the guys that we're connected with is a guy named Antoine Clark I've been meeting with. and He's a, he's a believer, and, man, he is sold out. He wants his kids to know Christ. Um, and so he's, uh, I've been meeting with him. But he said one huge need is uh, uh, for, for parents to come and be involved. Uh, he, that's one of, the, one of the things he wants to see. Yeah, but there's, there's a lack of transportation. Literally, Antoine and a guy named Mario, the guy I was telling you about, um, <clears throat> all the kids stay at their houses the night before, like up to 20, 25 kids. They just stay at their house because they can't get them all together. Mm-hmm. And so they have to they all stay at one place the night before so they can actually make it to the game on time and things like that. And so I just think, what a cool opportunity to serve our, our church, to serve them by maybe we could uh, provide transportation. Mm-hmm. And for them, so we're in the middle of trying to figure that out and what the logistics would look like for that. So, but just be praying for us. We have basketball season starting up, and we want to be uh, faithful to uh, continuing to share the gospel that way as well. So, um, and, and through through devotions. And my my job in particular is I'm just asking the Lord to show me 
uh, some of these uh, these coaches who are who are coming from outside of our church who who want to be discipled, who want to learn, who want to. I want them to be able to articulate the gospel well. And from what I've found so far is that they can't. If they're if they're believers, they don't even know how to share the gospel with their kids. I mean, like I'm talking about simple things. And so um, that's kind of what uh, the Lord has made obvious to me is that we we need to work on how to just present the gospel clearly mm-hmm. to where these kids aren't confused. I mean, Dr. Young says in his in his testimony that he didn't know he, until he was 20 years old that heaven was a free gift. Mm-hmm. Like, things like that. Do you know that? Like, And so, um, just, so I'd like to uh, continue, just ask for the Lord to make these uh, these men who are coming and part of our ministry open to, to meeting with me and receiving some, some counsel on how to clearly proclaim and uh, articulate the gospel. How about a hand for the McCain's? Anybody have any questions or thoughts for them? Blew you away, right? That's right. They're just so nice. They can't say anything. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Justin and Lauren and their sweet girls, and we thank you for the work that you've done in their hearts to draw them to Christ. Lord, the heart that you've given them to serve the opportunities that you've given them to serve. And and Lord, we just pray that uh, you would help them to settle in here, uh, that uh, Memphis would become a home away from home, uh, that they would grow roots, and uh, that you would just continue to open doors and opportunities to uh, minister, whether that be um, athletics and missions or counseling or uh, just deep friendships and and that sort of thing here. Lord, we just thank you for them. Thank you for bringing them here. We entrust them to your care. We do entrust also just all the details of what could be with the uh, athletic ministry and ask that you would move on our hearts to serve in whatever way we could. Uh, Thank you for this day. It is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I have one question? Okay. Okay, so if I'm on the fence, about 